Doing doesn't mean winning. Doing doesn't mean getting it right. The problem is we think we're going to get it right the first time, but first is probably your worst, and at the best, it's a test. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every single one of you who come back every week to listen, learn, and grow. Now, I'm going to take a quick moment because it is incredible to see all your amazing reviews that are flying in. I love that you all enjoyed the interview with Alexis Wren last week. It was incredible to see all of your feedback and Dr. Stephen Gundry. And there were some of your incredible reviews that made a really big difference to me. So I'm about to pick out some of them. Here is Allegria. This is a real life-changing experience. I really enjoy the straightforwardness of every topic. This has helped with so many areas of my life. Now, this one is from On Path to a Better Life. Every episode has been a revelation of my inner mind, but this episode in particular, the burnout one, felt like I was in a private session with Jay and he was coaching me one-on-one. I love hearing that. I always thought burnout was something extreme and happened to more experienced people, maybe in their mid-40s. Jay pointing out that age has nothing to do with it was an eye-opener. Listening to these signs made me realize that my lack of creativity and motivation was actually burnout. I had goosebumps after this episode. It's amazing to see you all posting on Instagram. I genuinely love it. And whether you're walking your dog, whether you're at the gym, whether you're editing, whether you're cooking, thank you for being here with me on On Purpose. So I'm going to dive into today's topic that I can't wait to share with you. It's called the nine ways you're blocking your own growth and slowing down your own potential. We often think that other people are slowing us down. We often think that other people are blocking us from our highest growth. How many times have you felt that someone is trying to get in your way, that someone is trying to pull you down, that someone is trying to pull you back and you're complaining and you're comparing and you're telling everyone about what this person is like? But what if I told you that a lot of the time, if not all of the time, we're blocking ourselves? What if I told you that we're slowing ourselves down? What if I told you that you have so much potential inside of you, you have so much incredible energy inside of you, but you have no idea what you're missing out on because you're not aware of how you're blocking yourself. I started to realize this. As time has gone on, I've discovered the pace I can work at the energy I can work at, the results I can achieve, the productivity I can have when I'm not blocking myself. In the Bhagavad Gita, the book I studied as a monk, it beautifully says, our mind can be our best friend or our worst enemy. We think we may have enemies out there, haters out there. Well, guess what? Sometimes you can be your own hater and we need to get that out of the way. We need to stop blocking our own growth and our own potential and recognize what is possible. Raise your hand right now if you feel you've got in your own way before. Raise your other hand right now if you felt in a particular situation that you're the one who's not able to leverage your potential. You've seen the way you behave and act and you don't gravitate towards it. I know for a fact that I've experienced this several times and I'm going to give you the nine ways we do that so that you can be so aware that you stop 
doing this to yourself. You know, we often say to people, I wish you'd stop doing this to me. Or even if we never say it to them, we feel it. I wish that person would stop doing this to me. Well, this is saying, I wish I would stop doing this to myself and I'm changing wish to I am stopping doing this to myself. So here is the first way that we're blocking our own growth and slowing down our own potential. Number one is listening to too many people's opinions. I was speaking to someone yesterday and they said, Jay, I just want you to know that when I come to you for advice, you're only two people in this area that I'm coming to advice from and the other people that I go to are my parents. When I hear that, it gives me a sense of trust. It gives me a sense of confidence, but it also lets me know one thing, that I am actually going to be able to help and serve. How many of you have experienced where one of your friends messages you for advice? The next thing you realize, they've messaged on that group chat with three other people. The next thing you realize is that they told the person at the coffee shop, they told their business manager, they told their agent, they told someone else as well, and now there's 20 people in their life. When we ask for too many people's opinions about our life, we are blocking our own growth and slowing down our potential. Why? Because what you're doing is you're allowing so many people to have an opinion about you, an idea of what you should do, and now you're trying to please everyone to make sure that you're listening to somewhat of what they said, so you're now lost in people-pleasing mode. At the same time, you can't live up to everyone, so you feel guilty. Now you feel bad for draining your friends and putting your baggage onto them if you're a good person. And on top of all of that, you still don't know what to do. So if you're someone that goes around and asks lots of people for their opinion, I want you to stop. I want you to start going to specific people for specific things. You don't go to the car mechanic to get your washing machine fixed. You don't go to a restaurant so that you can order an iron. I'm just saying that because I was ironing my clothes earlier, right? It's like you don't go to a furniture shop so that you can buy a home. Why is it that we go to people with zero expertise in the area that we're asking them for advice, zero expertise, zero experience, and zero engagement? And we're asking that from them. We're asking someone for their advice and insight on something they know very little about. They firstly know little about you. Chances are they know little about your business, your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, whoever it is. And on top of that, they may not have the skill set to even offer any advice. So I set up a rule in my life a few years ago where I have groups of mentors or groups of counsel that I go to for specific things. I have a business coach or a group of people that I go to for specific things in business. I have the same for my spirituality. I have the same for social media. I rarely go to everyone with all of my problems. It's better go to one person for one thing than to go for everyone for everything. I promise you this is a game changer. It will also stop wasting your energies explaining the same thing. Imagine you tell the same thing to lots of different people. You have to explain the scenario again and again and again and again. 
and it doesn't get better. It doesn't improve. So step one is outline the things that you usually ask advice for. Is it your relationship? Is it your business? And then come up with a list of the people that you know in that area that can truly help you, that can truly support you. And then even reach out to them and ask them and say, hey, if I have a question about this, do you mind if I reach out to you? Do you mind if I connect to you if I have a question about this? Asking for permission is a beautiful way of letting that person know that you might reach out and it really puts you in good standing and integrity with that person and it gives them an option to give you an honest answer rather than only going to them when you actually need the help. So stop blocking your own opinion by asking everyone for their opinion about your life and start saving energy and saving time, right? Okay, number two is this. Thinking without doing for too long. This is analysis without action for too long. Too much assessment, too much analysis, too much overthinking, procrastination without action is blocking your own growth. If you've been sitting there saying, I need to upload a YouTube video for the past two months, two years, maybe a decade, chances are you should just upload something. If you're sitting there going, I want to start a podcast, I'm not saying start right away, but if you've been sitting there thinking for a long time, you probably want to shift into doing and moving. So many of us are slowing down and blocking our own potential because we just think and think and overthink and overthink some more. Now, how do you do this? How do you practically get going? The best thing to do is start small. If you want to start a podcast, you don't start a small podcast. You go and ask someone who has started a podcast how to do it. What do they need to know? What do they need to understand? Maybe you don't know anyone who started a podcast, so you go on YouTube and you go, how to start a podcast, and you watch a video about it. You listen to a podcast about how to start a podcast. You learn, you research, right? The reason we think without doing for too long is we don't realize there are five steps to launching anything. The first is learn. The second is experiment. The third is perform. The fourth is struggle. And the fifth is thrive. Now, the challenge is we think when we launch something, we're going to be in thrive. But actually, we need to be in learning. So when you're doing learning, you're not just thinking about doing something. You're not actively learning about that industry. You're learning about that space. You're learning a skill. Now, next, you're experimenting with it. You're trying it out. You're seeing how things go. You're testing it. Now you're performing. Stage three, you actually get into a groove, a motion. Now you're struggling. There's always going to be struggle at every step. And finally, you're thriving. The issue is we keep thinking because we're hoping that when we do, it's going to crush. We're hoping that first video, that first podcast, that first book, that first business plan, that first idea is going to be our best and biggest one. Well, here's the reality. Chances are the first whatever you do is probably going to be your worst. Your first is probably going to be your worst and at best, it's a test, right? I don't know if that's ever been said before. I just thought of it right now. I had to say it, right? Your first is probably going to be your worst and at best, it's a test. That's literally it. And if you remind yourself of that, if you accept that, if you recognize that, you get the opportunity to start. You get the opportunity to do, 
you get the opportunity to move. But if you sit there and you keep thinking, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it the best? How is it going to be amazing? It will never happen. I encourage you. I implore you. I plead you to start, to move, to grow, to go with it. But listen, those are the five stages of doing. Doing doesn't mean crushing it. Doing doesn't mean winning. Doing doesn't mean awards. Doing means learning. It means experimenting. It means performing. It means struggling. And it means thriving. As you know, Radhi and I are launching our own tea company, Sama. And when I first thought of Sama and Radhi and I did, the first thing I did was learn about the industry. I didn't start packaging and making a brand and testing teas. I learned about the industry. I was learning about teas. The next thing we did was experiment. We tried teas out, we tried our branding, we tried our colors, and our branding went through three revisions. Taste test, gosh, we must have done at least 30 taste tests for each tea, every blend, proportions, percentages slightly changing. Then after that, we're in perform now. We're in a groove and emotion. We're trying to get them out there to you. There's going to be struggle and then we're going to thrive. So doing doesn't mean winning. Doing doesn't mean getting it right. The problem is we think we're going to get it right the first time, but first is probably your worst. And at the best, it's a test, right? That's all it is. Just take the pressure off of what you think it's meant to be and let it be what it is. Now, the third way that you're blocking your own growth and slowing down your own potential is gossip. Now, studies on gossip are interesting, but this stat really makes a difference. Gossip makes up 80% of our conversations, say experts. Gossip makes up 80% of our conversation. Now, when you listen to this podcast, 80% is not even close. There is no gossip on this podcast. We don't do gossip on this podcast. But can you believe how much you're blocking your own potential when you're talking about what everyone else isn't doing, or what everyone else is doing, what everyone else has achieved, or what everyone else hasn't achieved. I was thinking about this the other day. Imagine you stood and you looked out and you could see everyone building their homes. And you look to the person on the left and you go, ah, I don't like their windows. You look to the person on the right and go, oh God, I love that door. And you look to the person in front of you and you said, ah, those ceilings are too short. And you look to the person next to you and said, ah, oh, they've got bad taste. By the way, they're all building. And whilst they're all building, you're blocking. You're blocking your own potential because you're so in broadcast mode about your emotions and feelings, you haven't even laid a brick. You haven't even started. Your commentary is taking away your conscious ability of laying a brick down. There's a beautiful quote by Eleanor Roosevelt that says, great minds discuss ideas Average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. Unless, of course, you're discussing someone fantastic and you want to learn from them, that's not small-minded. But if you're gossiping about people, you're blocking yourself. You're blocking yourself from building. You're blocking yourself from the energy it takes. The energy you give to criticize someone else, that energy could be used to construct your dream. Let me say that again. The energy you use to criticize someone else's decision could be the same energy you use to construct your dream. Imagine if 80% of your conversation 
was about your dream, about what you're building, about what you're doing, about what you're learning, asking questions. That's another thing I find in conversation. We block our potential when we talk more and listen less. You have to learn to listen, sit humbly at the feet of a master and ask them questions. I love the idea of being silent in a room with an expert. There is so much you can learn. People feel intimidated by being in circles where they're the least successful. I find it inspiring because it means that you're learning, growing, and you too can build something. Oh my goodness, I have been waiting for this day. Jay and I are so excited to announce that this fall we will be launching our very own hot tea brand called, drumroll please, Sama. Herbal tea has been part of my daily rituals for such a long time now. I choose different teas throughout the day depending on how my body feels, my mood, my intention. It's really the first thing that I drink in the morning and the last thing that I drink at night. Luckily, Jay is exactly the same. So we have a moment together every morning, every night, sipping on tea. Over the last year, having a ritual that brings a little moment of peace, comfort, and presence has been so important. It reminds me of being at home with my family in London, sitting by the fire, laughing, sipping on tea, which is a feeling I have been missing a lot. It's been hard to find that feeling of comfort and of acceptance in the chaos lately, but honestly, a cup of tea has most definitely helped. There's so much more I want to share with you, but for now, go ahead and sign up today at samatea.com and enter to win a signed limited edition sampler box full of vibrant, delicious, fantastic teas that will inspire moments of mindfulness. Now, number four is a really great extension of everything we've been talking about. You're blocking your potential when you're not focusing on what you truly care about. I recently just went to a networking and business conference, so many smart people, and everyone has a different focus. And when you hear someone else's focus, you start thinking, I'm not doing enough of that. Maybe you went and you met a friend and they sounded really smart and they do a lot of real estate investment and you came back and you were like, I'm not doing enough real estate investment. Or maybe you went away to a conference and it was all about crypto and you came back and thought, oh, I'm not doing enough crypto investment. Or maybe you went somewhere else and it was all about NFTs or it was all about AR and VR and you know nothing about those things and you're sitting there going, why, why, what what do I do? I'm not doing enough of any of this. The truth is that any association you have will always make you feel incomplete in a certain area. If you spend time with monks, you'd feel you need to meditate more. Now that's probably a good thing. But the point I'm saying is what you actually care about, what you actually focus your energy on, you block your own potential and you slow it down when you get carried away. Now, think about it. If an athlete, do you think the number one athletes in the world are genuinely thinking about any of these things? No, they're thinking about becoming the best athlete in the world. And then they'll use the money and the wealth that they accumulate to invest, to use it wisely through their advisors. If you look at the actors, the musicians, They're focused on doing their art. What is your art? Focus on becoming the best of your art and getting it out there. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need to learn skills along the way, like marketing. It doesn't mean you don't need to learn social media or strategy or business. Of course, you need to learn those things. But what I'm saying is you're learning those things to focus on what you truly care about, right? You're not learning something just because you think it's important and useful. You're learning something because it helps you be better at what you care about. I knew that what I really care about is helping people find their potential, 
helping people reach their potential. And I realized that for that, I needed to learn social media to reach more people. I needed to learn podcasting to go deeper with all of you. I needed to learn how to build courses and coaching and a membership program so that I can guide you consistently to your best self. I realized I needed to learn so that I could have a team. But all of it was focused on what I care about most, which is helping you discover your potential. Because I really believe that you out there listening, you have got ideas, you've got business ideas, you've got content ideas, you've got so much in you that's going to serve the world in a way that I can't. But if I can help you find that, if I can help you ignite and unleash that, that is what excites me. And that's all I'm trying to do. So don't get distracted to focus on something you don't care about, right? Don't get lost. Don't get distracted. Please, please, please focus on what you need and what you love and what you care about. Okay, number five is you blame others. This one's a really tough one to digest, blaming others. How many of you know or feel, and be honest with yourself, no, I'm not asking. Just be honest with yourself. How many of you feel you blame someone else for not being where you think you should be? This one's a dangerous one because what you're saying is that someone's decisions have more power than yours. Someone's choices have more power than yours. The truth is when you have a vision, it doesn't matter. You will chase that vision and build that vision no matter what. Stop blaming others and stop blaming yourself. We blame others because we're scared of blaming ourselves. And when we stop blaming others, we blame ourselves and we get scared of that. So we start blaming others again. Instead of blame, replace blame with responsibility. Replace blame with accountability. Replace blame with taking a stance. Number six is you try to do everything yourself. This is something I had to learn in business. It's something I've had to learn as a monk I always really backed myself. And I always, once I developed confidence and strategy and ability, I always felt like I was capable of doing a lot myself. And I always believed that if I did something, then it would be great. And when I first had to start expanding and creating a team, I realized that obviously no one was going to do the way things I wanted or the way things I did. But at the same time, I'd be able to do less if I tried to do everything. And here's what I really realized. I had to learn to invest and coach people as opposed to expect them to be at my level. And at other times I had to learn from other people and allow them to lead me. So trying to do everything yourself fails because when you try and do everything yourself, you can't expand. You can't be in multiple places at once. Also, when you try and do everything yourself, you move slower because you don't learn from them. So if you've been struggling with building a team, if you're someone who's got a small team, a content team, a business team, if you're struggling with your team at work, recognize that if you try and do everything yourself or you try and make sure that everyone else is at your level, you will always be in pain and you will always be suffering. But if you want to be joyful, learn to coach people. Learn to be patient. Learn to recognize that not everyone's at your level in your skills and you're not their level in their skills. This is what we don't realize with comparing. When we try and do everything ourselves, we're basically saying, I think I do be everything better than everyone else. That's just not true. No one does everything better than everyone else. And often that can lead to delusion and create more problems in a team compared to someone who's just honest about where they're at. So don't delude yourself 
by not being conscious about your strengths and weaknesses. Don't try and achieve and do everything yourself because you will achieve so much less. Try and find people that compliment you. Try and find people that you can coach and try and find people that are connected to your mission. Those are the three things. Find people that are complimenting to you. So don't find people like you. We often feel we want to hire people like us and then we feel disappointed. Find people that compliment you. They have skills that you don't have. The second thing is find someone that connects with your vision. They're really connected and believe in what you're doing. And the third thing is finding someone that you can coach. Finding someone that's coachable, that wants to learn, that wants to grow. Number seven. One of the ways we block ourselves is we are scared of failure. According to the BLS, entrepreneurs started 774,725 new businesses in the year ending March 2019, so before the pandemic. From the historical data, the study says we can expect approximately 155,000 of these businesses to fail within the first two years. So you can tell that You're looking at a quarter of businesses failing within the first two years. And we're so scared of failure, but it's so normal. It's so part of the process. If you study, and this is why I recommend you study the people you admire, Steve Jobs, whoever else it is for you, if you study those people, you will see failure is at every step in their journey. There is no one, no athlete, no musician, no actor, no actress that you look up to that has not failed. And when you study their failure journey, you get so much more okay with failure. Think about your favorite actor and how many movies that they've done that are terrible. Think about your favorite musicians and how many songs they've made that you didn't love. We've all failed and we will continue to fail. Allow yourself to fail. Fail earlier. Fail early. It's not about failing more or failing hard. Just fail early. Just get on with stuff. See it go wrong and learn from it and keep building. The eighth is you hope someone will discover you. This one plagued me for so long. I believe for so many years that some manager or some agent, if you've watched Entourage, so Riley's been introducing me to all the TV I missed while I was a monk. We watched Entourage recently. I loved it. What an amazing TV show. We also watched Suits. These were her favorite shows, so she wanted to introduce them to me. But Entourage, if you haven't seen it, watch it. But I wanted an Ari Gold. I didn't even know who Ari Gold was, but I wanted an Ari Gold. He's the agent in Entourage to give you context if you don't know what I'm talking about. And I was waiting to find my Ari Gold. I was waiting to find that person who's going to get me every deal and introduce me to people and make cool stuff happen. And after being in the entertainment industry, after being at agencies, managements, meeting loads of people, I've realized everyone has to discover themselves. No one is going to come and discover you. No one is going to come and find you. No one is going to come and build your career. You do that yourself. Yes, you can have people that help you. Yes, you can have people that support you. I have wonderful people on my team. But if you're expecting someone to discover you and grow you and build you, you are blocking your own growth and potential because you'll be waiting forever. You'll be waiting and waiting and waiting. Even when you hear about these amazing stories of Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, if you look at Justin Bieber, his musicianship is phenomenal. He was already a phenomenal musician before he was discovered. He'd already done the work and he's had to continue doing the work to be out there. So don't wait and wish and want. Do, create, serve. 
Instead of wishing, waiting, and wanting, do create and serve. And the ninth and final way you're blocking your own growth and slowing down your own potential is you're not measuring your own growth. If you don't measure what you're doing, you will never grow. Now, measurement can get tricky because we start judging ourselves when we measure things like followers and likes and engagement. So it's like the question is, how do you measure without making your measurement feel like you? Well, here's the truth. You are not any measure you measure your business or work by. You are not measuring yourself. You are measuring your work. You are measuring your potential. You're measuring your business. You're not measuring you. You are eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss and a powerful conscious being. You can't measure yourself. You're limitless. It's like like saying, let's try and measure the whole universe and all the multiverses. But really, you're just measuring a part of your business. You have to disconnect and distance you and your work but you will block your own growth and potential in life if you don't measure it. So creating metrics that work for you, goals and targets that work for you can make all the difference. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope these nine really help you unblock your potential and really, really grow to where you deserve to be. Thank you for listening to On Purpose. I'll see you soon. Did you hear the latest tea we spilled? Well, actually, I make the tea. Jay spills it. I don't know how we allowed Radhi onto the podcast, but <laughs> we did it <laughs> because we're so excited to announce Sama, our new tea we created to help you soak up life's moments. We wanted to create a tea that doesn't just taste good, but also makes you feel great and has functional benefits to keep you balanced, nourished, body, mind, and soul too. We know that it's so hard to find time in the day to feel stillness and calm, but a cup of tea can make all the difference in giving you back those moments. And we knew that tea was the best way to do that. Now, Radhi, tell them the other big news. Well, guess what? We want you to be a part of this tea journey with us. So we've actually created a Sama Founders Club. As a founding member, you will get a limited edition sampler box and a year's worth of tea. Yes, it is a year's worth of tea. They'll also receive exclusive merch, experiences, and discounts. At Sama, we consider our founding members to be the heart of our community. You can sign up right now before this offer expires by going to samatee.com forward slash founders club. Again, that's samatee.com forward slash founders club. We cannot wait for you to be part of this journey with us and to join the Sama family. Let's all cuddle now.